Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we are reviewing everything that happened in week four of the college football season. Oh, We're going to yeah. talk about the SEC's first week of sl- first slate of games. We're going to talk about the Big 12 deciding that they don't want to be in the playoff this year. And we are also going to be talking about some ACC teams. But first, Tyler, we begin with quick hits, as always, where news coming out of Athens, Georgia... It turns out that JT Daniels will be medically cleared to play this coming Saturday against Auburn. How much do you think Kirby Smart had a doctoral decision in this? Uh, In in the words of Cardi B, how convenient is that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's... uh... That's really interesting. You know, they they, they play a uh, legitimately, you know, dangerous SEC West team Mm -hmm. after... What we're going to talk about soon. Um, yes. What happened in uh, the state of Arkansas. Yes. It's very interesting to me that this quarterback, who was not anywhere near being medically cleared to play, suddenly is. So It is it is the miracle of modern science, Tyler. So, and we'll talk about it. I'll save my, my take for what this means, what this might mean for Georgia long term for mm-hmm. when we talk about them. Got it. But so it, let's put a, I, let's put I, a pin I have in thoughts. That. I have thoughts. But I just wanted that news to come out, came out today. Just yeah. wanted everyone to be on the same page. That's what's happening. Um, heading on up to Indiana, Notre Dame has 19 positive cases in their latest round of coronavirus testing. Tyler, this is a concern. Seems uh, Catholic schools partying a bit like a Catholic high school up there. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so that's a bit of a concern. No news on if... They are going to be moving or postponing any additional games. Um, I'm not sure if they play this weekend, if they're scheduled to play. I feel like we would have heard more about it if they were. Yeah. Um, but that is a conversation for the next episode where we are going to preview the week five college football, uh, week five of the college football season. So just wanted to put that out there for full transparency. And uh, the final thing on our quick hits, Tyler, we have a new AP top 25. We have big 10 teams. We have Pac-12 teams, and of course, we have group of five teams, SEC, ACC, and Big 12 teams. Tyler, is there anything that stands out from this newest AP Top 25 poll, including everyone in the college football universe? Well, I'm actually, see, I don't like that the Big 10 and the Pac-12 teams are, are ranked. I really don't. Like, I, Why is that? Well, because there's no opportunity. They're just empty spaces to me right now, because mm-hmm. Ohio State's not going to play for a couple weeks. So couple, they're not playing until the end of October. Yeah. Tyler, it's not so for a month, month, Ohio State's just going to be there taking up a spot. Oregon, like the Pac-12 is not going to play until November. Oregon's just taking up a spot. And I, yeah, I, I can safely assume that Ohio State is worthy of the number six spot in the country. Yes. But they're not playing. They have right. not entered the chat. Like, and, <laughs> and I get how like, SEC was still ranked the first three weeks of the season, but we knew the SEC was playing, and we knew they were starting three weeks late. And that's only three weeks. Ohio State, most people, we're going to be really far into everyone's schedules by the time Ohio State, like the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 even join the conversation. So it is the the AP poll. It's meant to be a snapshot of college football. So it's not like their obligation to do it in fairness. Because, again, additionally, the AP poll doesn't actually really matter um the college football playoff exactly like it doesn't really matter anymore like well the college football the college football playoff rankings typically will come out what end of december early november so we're gonna have to essentially see at that point if a month and a half of tape that the acc big 12 american and i'm gonna start talking about the american in these conversations because not only are they a better conference than People give them credit for UCF and Cincinnati have a legit outsider's chance of making the playoff this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a realistic possibility because the Big Ten is going to be playing a limited amount of games because the Pac-12 is going to be three games into their season or something when when the rank when the official rankings. And, come and out here's the deal: like, if just just to clarify it for everybody, mm-hmm. like, like if Ohio State plays all eight of their games and they go eight zero and win the Big Ten, like they're getting in over UCF, obviously. But we, we've so. discussed this before. The Pac-12 and the, Ohio, and the Big Ten have left themselves so... I like how you just used Ohio State you know, as the we Big We all Ten. know. We all know. Um, uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 
have left such a razor thin margin for error mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, they're playing with fire. Like they've got no bye weeks. They and I wouldn't. I'd be fine. With, like I said before, I'd be fine with all the protocols that they put in place if it weren't for the fact that they're clearly just trying to rush in a chance to get into the playoff because they yeah. see other teams that were planning for this. Other conferences are like, okay, we're making it work. You know, some we're gonna have to postpone some games. That's fine. Everyone has like SEC mm-hmm. hasn't yet. I fully expect it to start happening. Like I think so. And too. but they built in bye weeks. They've built in the schedule around that. And the Big Ten, the Pac-12 are just like, oh, well, we still need to be in the conversation with them. So mm-hmm. let's rush to the finish line. Yeah. And well, that, I mean, that's their own doing because it's ironic that, that, that opens the, the door for an American team to to, to, yeah. to step in. And I think it's ironic that the SEC is the conference that really did everything probably the best that they could have given the situation. They took their time. They had a delayed start from everyone else. They built in insurance type um, weeks in case there were some COVID things needed to be rescheduled, all that kind of stuff. They put those precautions in and they took their time. Whereas the Big Ten and the Pac-12, turns out they kind of rushed things. So they're just trying to play catch up and I guess I would agree with you that I'm not a big fan of the Big Ten and Pac-12 teams being in here, but I it's, mean, it's, it's it's whatever. But like, it, it, yeah. it's one of those things where like that's you basically take about four to five spots of this rank. It's basically a top twenty. It's not really a top twenty-five until they start right. playing. It's yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Any teams before we move on? That I mean, feel stood out. There's there's one in particular. Oh, uh, there, is there is there Tyler the number three spot? There's the yeah, Florida Gators are number three in the AP poll for the first time what? since 2012. No way. I, I am. Oof. I'm feeling. I am so happy right now. I'm feeling. Um, it. Right below them is, is Georgia at four who stayed put this week, Oof. which I actually, I'll agree with them staying put. That makes one of us. I just, just because and I'll get into it again. I'm just promising so much. <laughs> I, I, I'll get into it a little bit later. What happened like, in this Georgia it's game? It's been Tyler? one week. Let's calm down. Got it. Understood. My understand. my motto for for this episode, mm-hmm. and if you let me, I'd love to make the episode title. But like, is get excited. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have to do it now. Yeah, put it on the pod, I said it a trap. Get excited, but stay calm. <laughs> I love it. I like, completely support. This it. is my. This has been first week of SC football. First. And, like, the first exciting, really, week of Big 12 and ACC football. Like, yeah. stay, get excited, but, like, also, let's stay calm a little bit. Like, I agree. Um, I agree. So, beyond that, uh, Mississippi State at 16. Huge. Welcome. Uh, Welcome. LSU dropped 14 spots Yep. to number 20. Tennessee is at 21. I'll actually, like, I'm okay with that. Like, I think I'm good at that that's, spot. I think after what we saw... After what we saw this weekend, I think it's. I'm okay with them being game. ranked in the 20s. Got it. Got it. Got but it. not right now, not any higher. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. I think a couple that I want to point out: Miami, number eight. Yeah. Uh, a consistent offensive performance is the third week, third game now that their offense has been firing on all cylinders. Well, two and a half games. That first half yeah, against yeah. UAB was a little sloppy, but they really kicked into gear then. Um. UCF at 11. Big deal. And. Uh, Texas A&M at 13 after a questionable game against Vanderbilt. Yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah, oh, let's let's mention that right now because I didn't put that in rapid reaction simply because <laughs> it was interesting. They ended up beating Vanderbilt. I think it was 15 to 17 seven. to 12. 17 to 12, and it was seven to five at halftime. Yeah, which two games that had a halftime score of seven five in this. We will get to I that wonder game which later. one the other one was. Um, <laughs> uh, I would like to take this time to gloat. Uh, that Kellen Mond is exactly who he's been for the last two years. I Min- think- minus that one good game against Clemson. And I've been Here's saying it, and everyone's like, no, this is going to be the year. No, but he's going to get better because of Jimbo Fisher. No, Kellen Mond is who he is. I think I think he plays to the level of his competition, regardless of what level they are. So when yeah. he went up against Clemson, he put on a Superman cape, and took his glasses off and went off. And then when he plays against Vanderbilt, he puts his Clark Kent glasses back. I would agree, except for the fact that I don't think that's really like... I mean, he had 189 passing yards against Vanderbilt. Yeah, that's not, that's that's, not good. That's Tyler. not good. Like, yeah. I, I, w- I see where you're going, what your, what your thought process is, but like, I just yeah. I don't agree with it because... Okay, understandable. That's fine. It's, it's just because the Clemson game is the outlier. It's the outlier. Because every other time he plays up against... In, in the next year when he played Clemson, every time he plays Alabama, like, 
the all he does is put up garbage stats at most like and yeah. i mean i'm rooting for him but i just i don't i kelamon is what he is at this point we've been three yeah. years and i I'm, get it i get I'm, it i feel validated by this result yeah i i that I they beat vanderbilt by five um <laughs> at home <laughs> understandable yeah. I, I i i can't i don't have a response to that because you're right um, all right, so that's been our standouts from the top 25. Tyler, let's jump into rapid reactions. Let's start at home, and let's try not to take too long because we got a lot to cover in a short amount of time. Let's let's talk about Florida. Big old 50-burger. Oh, pause. Can I tell you before we start, speak, Florida dropped 50. I got a text from Alexa. Mm-hmm. She texted me in the most – I guess maybe I just read this a little weird, but the text had a tone of concern. Oh, boy. And she said – can you explain this? And it was a screenshot of Florida, the Twitter account, just tweeting a burger. And I went, oh, it's a 50 burger. It's like, what is a 50 burger? Like when a team drops 50 points or a player drops 50 points or whatever, we just slang, we'd call it a 50 burger. She goes, but I've never seen that before. I was like, that's, I mean, that's okay. Like now, you know, it's okay. She goes, wow. I don't understand. Like, why would they, why would they, why do they call it a burger? And I, I almost expected her to kind of be like, why not a hot dog? Why not a cheeseburger, hamburger? Why, it, why not chicken tender? Like, I expected her to, pizza. Yeah, like, to just going places. And I was like, Lex, it's not a big deal. It's all, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay, baby. It's okay. Yeah. So, no one knows where it which came is, from. <laughs> which is funny because, you know, the big three in the state of Florida this week dropped 50. All dropped 50. So, all three big. All, uh, all, all, all big three schools. So, we got Florida with 51. Ole Miss scored 35 points. Tyler, the talking point coming out of this game was kyle trask kyle trask kyle squared kyle trask and kyle pitts <laughs> kyle trask well, in, the, I, in the words of medium income uh bucks fan tyler renfro trask to pitts yeah trask to pitts um yes. kyle pitts had four touchdowns receiving four receiving touchdowns in this game including one that was like 71 yards that was absolutely beautiful and you he, can watch video just, of that he stiff armed yeah. old miss dude and on top of that, Kyle Trask, who threw those four touchdowns, had an additional two th- passing touchdowns, had over mm-hmm. 400 yards, and just, I don't want to be, again, like I said, let's get excited, but stay calm. Like, but I'll, I'll say, Flo- like, Kyle Trask looked Heisman-worthy, in like, he looked like a Heisman-worthy quarterback in that he game. He put himself this in, may this, be one in of the, the worst defense. Yeah, he may, this may be the worst defense that Florida plays all season. <laughs> so, what? yeah, let's, but it's, like it was very, it's not even just like um, the fact that they're playing a bad, a bad defense, so they're putting up a lot of points. Like Kyle just mm-hmm. looked better throwing the football. The ball had yeah. more velocity. He was growing through his reads. He wasn't making mistakes. You know what this looked like to me? What did it look like to you? This looked like a second year Dan Mullen quarterback. This looked like the Dak. This is gonna be weird. This kind of just it reminds me of the Dak Prescott twenty fourteen year. Like yep. came in twenty thirteen year. It's exactly the same. Came in twenty thirteen. For an er- after an early injury, started that year was very you know promising, and in 2014 mm-hmm. he just looks way better, yeah. and I very encouraged the lines. The offensive line looks better. The it does, game, and that was the big concern that we were looking for. Yeah. Ru- the running game uh, is better. There's more yards to play on the ground. They're not a heavy running team. I just think Flo- under Kyle Trask, Florida's going to be a passing team. Yeah, we're it, not, for sure. Especially, we're not going to see the Tim Tebow have... spread option as much until like maybe other quarterbacks get in the system. Because, I mean, I was watching this game with my dad, and my dad at one point said, like, they're passing really way too much. I want to see him start running the ball. And I looked at him, and I was like, you're telling me that the thing that they're getting, like, 15 yards a pop at, <laughs> you want them to stop doing that and do the <laughs> other thing that is, generally speaking, less efficient. <laughs> I want and, you. And to he give gave me that smirk. Address. He gave me that smirk. He's like, "Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense." <laughs> I need you to give me your parents' address, and I will mail your father just a a, a printout of Kyle Trask's stat sheet, like <laughs> just just the stat line for this game. Yeah. No, no context, no, no nothing. nothing. Just so, Mr. Williams, if you get that in the mail in a couple weeks, that's why. Just yeah. know. Um, we, I think it's important to note, Tyler. Two things. Number one, you mentioned Kyle Pitts. He looked like there was there was noise that he was the best tight end in the country there was like preseason like keep an eye out he might be the best it's confirmed he's is the he, best he's tight the best. end in i know the you penn state fans are going to talk about your pat fryer moves but no absolutely not like i'm sorry but 
the man is six foot six, two hundred and forty pounds, and he runs like a slot wide receiver. Yeah, it's unstoppable. That same play that you mentioned, where he knocks off the um, the linebacker, he just stiff arms him, and it, he gets open easy, and and oh my god, he had eight he had eight catches, and half of them were for touchdowns. The touchdown on the on the front corner end zone, which by the way, Kyle Trask threw him open. Yeah, he Kyle threw Trask him threw open. an opposite shoulder ball. Pitts turned around, separated the space, and caught the ball on the opposite side of the defender. Fantastic throw, fantastic catch. With stuff like that, this offense is going to be hard to top. Yeah. I think it's important to note also that Kyle Trask had six touchdowns, and that ties the SEC opening week record set by Joe Burrow last year. So when you're talking about in the same conversation as Joe Burrow in terms of offensive efficiency, pretty good. you're having a good, you're having a good day. Now, we got to talk about it, though. Uh, whoa, 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 before we get there. Okay. Who's the number one running back on this team? Who got the lion's well, share of the carries yesterday? It's Who got it, Tyler? Malik Who? Davis, you've always Malik believed. Malik Davis. You are, I always Malik believed. Malik Davis stand from day one. Day one from that Michigan game where he broke out like a 12-yard run on one touch, and I looked at everyone and said, Who is this man? <laughs> I love it. It's been a long time it. coming. He, he's, he's tearing other people's ACLs just so they can see what it feels like. Hey, oh my on, God. on the note of ACLs, like real quick, like very quick note before we move on to the other side yes. of the ball. It took us three years, but I think I might be willing to say if more is shown, we finally got to the point where Kadarius Tony learned how to be a real wide receiver and not yes. just a gimmick. He is no longer that a is gadget. Huge, that is a huge story. Yes. Also, uh, uh, the wide receiver room looks so deep because uh, they have a lot of really good starters, Jacob Pope, Kadarius Tony, Trayvon Grimes, and of course Kyle Pitts, who's basically just... Mm-hmm. A monster at, and justin and, shorter caught the, one pass and i went oh my god i forgot this man was on the team he's fantastic and, like and that's Tra- the depth and depth. trent whitmore and xavier henderson are also like players that are getting better young and like i have potential and anyway this offense is looking very good yeah let's move to the other side of the ball let's move let's move to the other side of the ball almost Tyler, scored 35 points i w- i want to preface this i do want to before we go into the conversation i want everyone to keep in mind these next few points there was a global pandemic going on. Mm-hmm. There was no spring football. There were limited practices. Teams could not practice as much as they could because of COVID restrictions. This is a Lane Kiffin offense. <laughs> also, it's the very first game of Lane Kiffin on this team. It's the first. There game. is no, no film for this. Like, There's no, there, you can go back to FAU tape. You can go back even further you, to Alabama with Tua tape. But what you will not find is tape of these. This quality of player running this complex and yeah. high pace of a system. Because you have to, you'll have to look at the Rich Rodriguez led offense to look get a look at the players. You have to look at Lane Kiffin's offenses to, from other schools in other situations to get a feel Tyler, for the you, game. And you like, can't predict John Rice Plumley and Matt Corral on the field at the same time throughout the entire yeah. first drive. You can't so, predict that. So, and on top of it. I'm giving everyone a pass defensively in the sense of like, if you're rusty the first week defensively, not going to blame you. Especially um, our secondary who we were missing our starting safeties. Both starting That's safeties. the last point I wanted to say. So yeah. there were seven points there. That being said. That I want people to keep in mind. There is some rightful concerns in Florida's defense um, yes, to be raised. Agreed. I want to, again, get excited. That also applies to get, you know, concerned, mm-hmm. but stay calm. I said this, I've said this to you, I've said this to a friend of the pod, Michael Phillips, when we've talked about it, like, as much as there are a lot of things to be raised, um, not bringing pressure, and just not being great on third down, and and everything, and, and the secondary not looking good, if this happens again against South Carolina, then I'll be concerned. Yes, agreed. So, Because there's a lot of factors that go into this game, and you have to see if these things get replicated. And mm-hmm. that if that's the case, that and again, teams grow throughout the season. Sometimes they get worse. Sometimes they get better. Sometimes things change. Like, and I'm willing to give this defense a pass because despite the fact they were giving up a lot of points, there was not really a moment that I was that I think Florida's offense was going to let this game be decided. I feel like yeah, I feel like halfway through the second quarter when I realized, oh, this offense is for real, for real. When I saw mm-hmm. multiple plays and and things going on. I kind of felt a little better about the defense, and I don't, I don't, I don't think I want to say that I felt better about the defense. The offense calmed my worries about this being a game that could get sneaky. You allowed yourself, and you allowed yourself to adjust your expectations of what defense would be necessary for this team exactly. to win. 
Exactly. Now, um, I want to push back on something that you said today in a chat with myself and friends of the pod, uh, Mike Phillips. You said that in today's age, defense, you don't need to have as good of a defense in order to be successful, win a championship. We saw it last year with, with LSU. LSU let Ole Miss score 50-something, like 40-something points. They put up 600 yards or whatever was the case. I would agree with friend of the pod, Michael Phillips, in the sense I would push back on that, where why can't we have higher expectations for our defense? Yeah. Just because our offense is yeah. fantastic doesn't mean that we can't want our defense to be good. Good I, enough I agree. I mean, sometimes I want, I, isn't what we should strive. Yeah. And I want know? the defense to be better as well. But like, it's yeah. one of those things that it's, – it's the beautiful thing about college football and, and sports in general is the mm-hmm. overreaction after one week. Yeah, and exactly. And after two drives, um, I saw people on Twitter going crazy. Like, this defense is terrible. This offense looks like it's fine, but we need to be better. And mm-hmm. I love – here's the thing, last little thing. Dan Mullen can't win with this. Last year was all like switch up the quarterbacks and like there's no there's never any any time where you're not gonna get criticized for switching your quarterbacks, even if it's by design. Right. And he let Emory in and Emory threw a bad pick that was while he was getting pressured. And now, you know, all these people that were clamoring to, you know, see Emory Jones that insisting there was a quarterback battle, now there's gonna be a whole like, well, Dan Mullen, you're stupid for taking a hot hand off your guy. Well, okay, but, but it's just it's just this is this is my point. This is like the mm-hmm. thing you got to understand with college football is that like it's yeah. all in context. But I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I want to push back. I just want to before and then let's move. There on is no quarterback battle. I wanted to clarify that. Yeah, like, yeah, that, that's true. But um, I also those people who were complaining about Emory and stuff, they, they definitely didn't stick around for the next possession where Emory led down he, the field. He looks for, fine. To poor score. <laughs> he, he looks fine. He, I, I'm super excited to see him next year. Like yeah, agree. And I I think it's. I mean, it's also one of those things I do honestly think that um, part of Dan Mullen is like, I can afford to experiment with in, on the offense a little bit today. Like, it's probably, was, <laughs> that, so... was pro- that was probably in the game plan. And the Dan defense... Mullen said, let's have some fun, boys. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. We spent a lot of let's time talking on. about this, but let's move... very impressive from Florida. Very impressive. And we are excited to talk about very the South excited. Carolina game later on yes. in the week, for sure. Uh, let's go. Let's go to the state of Arkansas, where a former Florida Gator quarterback, Felipe Frank, started for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Was not enough. Georgia ends up winning thirty-seven to ten. But the story here is uh, that Georgia, offense, buddy. That offense, Georgia. You were down. You were down seven to five at halftime yep. to an Arkansas team that has not won an SEC game in two calendar years. Jeez. And and to Arkansas's credit, like the fight the fact they don't have a lot of talent, they looked a lot better. Like they did. There was um, definitely improvement by Sam Pittman. The the big thing, I'm not ready to just be like again, like I would in one game against Florida, we're all like, oh my god, this offense is elite. Mm-hmm. That, you know, things could change. You have to I'm not ready to throw Georgia out the window, mostly because they're adding a new quarterback into the mix. But DeWan Mathis gets the start, he he's not good. He did not. He he. Well, I'm not saying egg. he can't. Like he did not have a good game. He, he looked. Laid he an looked egg. Wi- wildly like inconsistent. He looked like he was lost. He put Stetson Bennett in the law firm of Stetson the Bennett. Fourth, the fourth. The fourth. Tyler. Oh my there god. There are three other Stetson Bennetts. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um and he he gets the offense to go. I think the old the only thing here is that um well Georgia's defense is for real. Yeah. Oh, but, but oh, we knew I, that. We knew that. And we, I, there's we knew, no. I'm, that. I'm even more like they, that's probably the best defense in the country. Um, yeah. But Georgia's offense, everything that was being sold this season was that Georgia's offense would be different. That it would be new. It'd be airy. It would be new spread concepts. It would be high up. To, we're going to modernize. It would. It and would make I, Georgia a complete team. They would LSU it. Exactly. They would be um, this I, was the I, mean, I feel very confident. I like we've been talking about how Jamie Newman is and all that, but like they would be they would have played way better with Jamie Newman. Oh, there. agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's a proven quarterback. But I think that if Sets and Bennett's starting, they're gonna win games, but they're gonna it's just they're gonna be old Georgia. And that may be enough. But um I think that here's the thing is that JT Daniels is now cleared. He's like pretty much definitely gonna start next week yeah he'll get the start he'll um, get the start they you know honestly they'll probably beat Auburn like mm-hmm. we're, 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 that's what I'm fascinated to see what happens in that game I'm we'll have so, that conversation, we'll have conversation later, in later in the week but that is a fascinating game to me but 
Georgia now, I think, is is hanging their season's offensive coattails on the knees of a man who tore his ACL a full year ago and still hasn't fully recovered. Yeah, and and in all actuality, they may be rushing him back. I think I, I think they are kind of, and I'm sure he wants to play. I'm sure, but no, listen, a player wanting to play does not mean, mean that they're not being rushed back. You can be, you can want to play, but not come back but then come back too soon you know what i mean yeah. so i mean georgia did pull away 37 to 10 that's a talent thing i told you i told you i thought that score is more about arkansas not being able to keep putting them down mm-hmm. than georgia f- suddenly figuring out i think they did get a lot better with stetson bennett but it's just if stetson bennett's your starting quarterback they're just going to be old mark rick georgia yeah. and you know well, mark rick, can i old mark rick georgia won some sec championships like but can, can i ask a question you may ask a question it's your podcast as well as mine. So. Are we? Oh, thank you, Tyler. Appreciate it. Are we? And this is serious. I'm not being high. This is not hyperbole or trying to troll. Do we have to start having a conversation of Kirby Smart having a Will Muschamp type reputation with his offense? Meaning, uh, yeah, consistent offensive coordinator changes, always trying to fix and find something, never really maximizing the full potential of the talent that they have on that roster on the offense side of the ball. I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. Like Kirby Smart, I think from a management of a team position, I think is a lot better than Wilmus Champ. Um, Agreed. He also Agreed. inherited a way better situation, um, mm-hmm. and has made the most out of it. But I mean, offensively, they had one truly great year with Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, similar mm-hmm. to Will Muschamp's like really good year with uh, Mike Gillisley and Matt Brown and yeah. uh, Jeff Driscoll when he was a redshirt freshman, like. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, it's it's just been it's been good, but it, you know they're producing a lot of it, and a lot of it is just talent. And yeah. it's going to be interesting to see if if they, if Tom Munkin is able to take J T. Daniels and pass the ball more. Yeah, agreed. Um, agreed. We're gonna see because I I think Georgia can still be an SEC East contender. They may even win the division. I think still with this, but they're gonna have to do it. I think as old Georgia, and they're gonna have to go back to that. If they're, if they're going to do it, unless JT Daniel somehow works out, because you're, you're putting a lot on the knees of this man. Mm-hmm. And in this type of year, where we see in professional football and in college, like players are getting hurt. like And they yeah. get hurt normally. Like, and injury players who've had previous injuries get hurt again. Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah. It, it is a concern to me. Yeah. It agree. is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sit out here again, get excited, but stay calm. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna come out here and be like, "Oh, Georgia's a fraud." Kentucky for SEC East number two, mm-hmm. um, but you—I mean—you have to think about this. Like, yeah. which is why I'm okay with not dropping them to four because they did win, not dropping mm-hmm. them from four. But it cause also because you're gonna know next week against Auburn, right. you're gonna have your with, answer. And my thing with dropping them from four, which is what I would have done, maybe the five or six, seven, yeah. maybe. Is because I, complain I that, find but... it hard. I find it hard to say that a top four team in the country has an offense that you said it is literally depending upon the knees of JT Daniels at this point. Yeah. you know what I mean. To function, to have that system to be what fully it was worked. to be what they were intending it to be to be what they designed. You know, yeah. and and Kirby Smart is approaching a point where he has to throw everything out the window. And just get back to his basics. And we don't know if, you know, the roster at this point has been manipulated to be like that. So we'll have to see how that happens. Yeah. We'll see how they do against Auburn. But let's let's go Let's talk about offense. <laughs> let's talk about some let's talk let's about, about an air raid that an air raid that worked, Tyler. Yeah. That's Mississippi State putting up forty four points on the defending national champions, the LSU Tigers. They put up thirty four. The uh, Pirates strikes on the bayou. Who said that the air raid would work in the SEC? Not I. Not I. I mean, I thought there would be an adjustment period, but that hadn't for further. sure. Well, I didn't more... expect. I didn't expect them to break the single game SEC passing yards record in the first one game. SEC. Mike Leach has coached one game, and he would own his quarterback would own that record if world ended tomorrow. Um, oh my lord! Oh my lord! Say, what like, a game! Tyler. And I thought that the adjustment period that I was that I was expecting had more to do with Mississippi State's roster than it did any of the defenses or anything like that. Like. Mm-hmm. I thought that you have you have a you have a roster that was built for a spread running attack, and 
and receiver room that was pretty average. But I mean, the air raid is a very small play, but the, the true air raid that Mike Leach runs, he's the only one who runs like the truest form of the air raid right now. Yeah. Well, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's the guy. It's he's, his, it's yeah. his thing. Yeah. It's not a very large playbook. It's just about, I mean, Mike Leach said this, he's like, I'll take the routine over the spectacular. Like, and it's about reps and they just, to, to Mississippi State's credit, they just kept running plays. Like, KJ Costello had over 600 yards passing, and he threw the ball like more than 60 times. Which he had, give I that he, man some ice for his shoulder. Like I think the the he had 29 or 30 pass attempts at halftime. Yeah, and, and that is just wild. I think I mean Mississippi State's defense is fine. Like it it they're I think their roster is still in a good place from mm-hmm. a standpoint in the SEC. And now they've got at least a proof of concept with the offense. And uh, in fairness, let's be fair, um, why was LSU ranked number six? I mean, you and I have been championing this forever. Like These are questions. 17 of 22 starters lost. Oh, I, Tyler, I know why. Because Miles Brennan is better than Drew Brees. Did you not know he that? He spins the ball were better, you, apparently. Were you not aware of that? That he, he was better than And Drew I don't Brees mean to, Denver. like, knock Miles Brennan because he played, he like, played well. he played fine. Like... But he ain't better than Drew Brees and Joe Burrow. <laughs> it's funny. I was listening to the Cover 3 podcast on Sunday, and I forgot who it was, but someone said, like, this was – Miles Brennan is a return to the LSU quarterback. Like, this is what an LSU quarterback is. Joe Burrow was the exception to the rule, yeah. not the rule. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I but their offense is still built so that they can have a lot of success. And they did. They put up 27 points. One of their touchdowns was a pick six. It's the yeah. thing. KJ still threw a pick six. And it didn't even matter. <laughs> like, it did not even matter. It was a it, double. It was a two possession game. But um, I mean, just mm, astounding by Mike Leach to be able to do this. Like, and not that he, I he wasn't capable of winning games. We knew he would, but just to come out straight and just like beat LSU in Death Valley, even though it's not the like ninety thousand Death Valley, but like right. beat LSU in Death Valley, the defending national champions. That despite the fact that they've lost so many people. And it would be so worth it to win a national title to then, you know, have an okay year the next year. Yeah. But all credit to them. What what do you think about LSU's prospects moving forward? Um, I think LSU's expectations for this year need to come down. They got to adjust. LSU fans, they got to adjust. They have to realize that they may be a 500 team. Maybe since we're playing, what, 10 games, they may be 6-4, and 7-3 yeah. at best. But it's looking looking more like five and five, six and four. But that's okay. That's this okay. does not mean this does not mean that this is a bad roster. This is just a young, inexperienced roster that needs to get playing time on the field, so that next year when they land a grad transfer, when they land a quarterback that can you know run the system that they want a little bit better than Miles Brennan, they can get back to the level where they deserve yeah. to be, where they should be. You know, this is yeah. it's not a bad thing. Okay. Yeah, it's just Again, part of the process. It's a part of the process. You don't go from having the single best offensive season in college football history to then replicating assuming that. you're going to compete in the hardest division in college football. Sorry, yeah. it's not going to happen. So. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, Big 12. Oh, boy. This, Kansas State. This conference is already was already the most chaotic Power 5 conference. Yeah. And then this yeah. year happened. Yeah. It's, oh, my God. Kansas State, 38. Oklahoma, 35. Kansas State for the second year in a row upsets Lincoln Riley. This time in Norman. Against, in Norman. Against uh, taking advantage of that redshirt freshman quarterback, Spencer Rattler. Um, Tyler. Oh, yikes. Yeah, you want to talk about this? I'm going to let you talk. I'm gonna... I do. I saw. So this was the second screen game uh, for most of the day. Um, and. It was just very interesting to see because in the first half, Spencer Rattler looked like the prospect that we all what we all expected and had hopes of seeing. Okay, he yep. looked fantastic. He had a kid. He, he had one touchdown that he threw on the run across his body. On the run across his body ends up hitting his man in stride, and I literally was on Facetime with my brother Diego, stepdad Raul, my brother Diego, you OU alum, big OU fan. And I said, wow, Diego, he's going to win the Heisman in two years. Like, it was such a good throw. It was one of those NFL – it looked like Pat Mahomes in terms yeah. of rolling out of the pocket, opposite side of your body. Off platform, all that stuff. Second half, who is this guy? He was – and you know what? I can honestly say I don't think it got to him. I just think that 
in a situation where they had trouble scoring the football. Um, I mean, let me let me count them up. You had you had seven, fourteen, twenty one, twenty four unanswered points uh, in the second half. Oklahoma's last score was with three minutes left in the third quarter, Tyler. Yeah. And, and there were the- some there were some freshman mistakes that were made late in the fourth quarter, including a game ceiling interception that was just a bad throw that he should not have made. Now, here's my point. Spencer Rattler is a good quarterback. Spencer Absolutely. Rattler will get there. Spencer Rattler needs time to develop and to get the in-game experience. It's one thing to be playing who did they play first game of the season? Missouri State. It's one thing to play Missouri State and put up ridiculous numbers and have a highlight film for the ages. And it's another thing to be playing Big 12 conference football when it actually matters. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the thing. Like, Skylar Thompson, when it came down to what mattered, Skylar Thompson now dueled him. And yeah. and it's experience. That's Skylar good. Thompson is not a better quarterback than Spencer Rattler. But Skylar he, Thompson play, but he has played better. He played, he played better, better that day, day, and he has yeah. the experience. You're right. He has the experience. He beat Oklahoma last year. Like, yeah. Um, and this team, this Kansas State team, isn't afraid of them. I also want to shout out myself that I, I kind of called this like in the preseason. Um, you did, you did. Uh, I didn't. Did. I didn't pick it, and I kind of backed off. And Kansas State lost to Arkansas well, State. Here, here's but that's, the thing. Yeah. Oklahoma is good for one. What loss a season? Uh, both of them know, should do it. Both of them should do it so early. Like, both of them do it so early. In the like, great words of Tyler K. Williams, both of them to do it so early. Um, Correct. Let's see if it pays off. But see if it pays off. And here's the thing: you have to adjust your 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 mindset in Oklahoma. We got to remember for the last three seasons that we know of Oklahoma football, you've had a Heisman, two Heisman winners, and a Heisman finalist, each on their last year of eligibility in Lincoln Riley. This is That's the first the time big... Lincoln Riley has had a quarterback that you're like Spencer Rattler. He's going to be here next year. Like, yeah, he can't. And the year after that, yeah, he 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 is a redshirt freshman. Like he, mm-hmm. like he he can't. Like I mean, he can opt. You know what I mean? But he can't. Yeah. Like he's not gonna leave. Like you, it's okay for him to be this rusty. It's his first season. Like it's okay, and yeah. you gotta adjust it. That's the thing. I mean, I still think even with this loss to Oklahoma, is the team to beat. Yep, agreed. And but that's how chaotic this conference is. It's it's one of those things that um, yeah. this might be the only loss they take. Who knows? But we'll see. I, I doubt it because of the year that this is, but well, they could still Tyler, win. I agree. But if we talk about Oklahoma, we have to talk about Texas. So Ooh. let's 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 head to Lubbock's where the number eight ranked at the time, Texas Longhorns, end up beating Texas Tech sixty three to fifty six in overtime in the most big twelve score line I've ever seen in my life. You know uh funny enough no, after you I, I just like for a game that was this high scoring it, I was not impressed with any of the offense from either teams. <laughs> like, but I cont- thought, listen, this was a this was a secondary screen game for me for a little bit. Um, I thought that Sam Ellinger, Sam Ellinger, he played like the senior, experienced Big Twelve quarterback that needed that. He won this football game for them. Absolutely, he won this football game for them in his decision making, in his poise in the way that he maneuvered the game. I mean, you forget, Texas was down 15 points Yeah. with 3 minutes and 13 seconds left in the game. He drives them down. They score a touchdown. They're down 8. They get a stop. He drives them down. They score a touchdown, and they get the 2-point conversion to send it to overtime. Um, and then in the first possession of overtime, Texas ends up scoring the touchdown again. Yeah. From saying Ellinger. This, he did what, everything he had to do. This is an element of, you know, there's a lot of times in college football we, we try to figure out. It's a weird line where, like, a lot of people think that the coaches make the teams, really. And, the, and in a lot of ways, that's true. But there are cases where the play – sometimes a coach just gets an, a generational player, and that player is the one that just drags them along. Yep. And I, I kind of feel with the Tom Herman Texas era that Sam Ellinger's just dragging this team along. Like, that's he, what it feels he's like. He's not going to – like – Say what you will, but under Sam Ellinger, they've not bottomed out. I, and I really, I don't know if that's really because of Tom Herman. I think it's just because Sam Ellinger's like, I will not let this team bottom out. I think it's because it's the Sam Cam Ellinger, Newton, and, it's the Cam Newton and uh, Gene Chizik thing. Like, yeah, and I think it's because Sam Ellinger is an Austin kid, 
And so he's like, I will be damned if I am bad in I don't out. care about the NFL. We I ain't losing. I, I, I think that's Sam Ellinger's mentality. I don't yeah. think he doesn't care about the NFL, but I think that but, he understands the magnitude of what that program means to that area and that state. Yeah. Because so for him, it's not just a transition. It's not just a stage in his life. He's been a Texas fan his entire life. Like there's a difference between someone who goes to college and plays college football in order to get to the NFL, and someone who grew up loving college football and saying, "I want to do this." Yeah, you know? and that's yeah. So I mean, credit to him. I don't. Texas is undefeated. They're. I mean, and so. I'll give them that. I don't think they're the second best team in the Big Twelve. I, I still think it's Oklahoma. I think it's Oklahoma State right now because even the fact that they're still they're winning somehow with their defense, which I'm sure like we'll mention in a, a we'll little, mention we'll it. mention later. They're kind of winning with their defense while their offense is down their best play, their best player like their, their second best player their second best player their quarterback they're they're, they're down their primary quarterback mm-hmm. and they're still winning. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 a big thing. So that's just all I wanted to say. I thought. We, I think we a lot on this podcast talk about, you know, the Tyler K. Williams trademarked um, quarterback evaluation rankings that you have. But, um, and we talk about how Sam Ellinger is probably just a game manager. But we we need to give him credit where credit is due. I think he's a playmaker. Yeah, I think he's a playmaker. Like You do? Yeah, I mean, I have to at this point because, like... I mean, how many you watch this game and like it's not necessarily impressive offense, but offense. But he just when the get when it matters, like this is what we just talked about with Spencer Rattler, like Sam Ellinger for what it worth, like in these kind of moments when it matters, mm-hmm. he makes the play. Yeah, I don't think he's a dominator. I don't think he walks out onto the field and you're like, oh god, we're, they're oh, gonna score. Here comes Sam Ellinger. It's, it's ain't Deshaun Watson <laughs> coming in for Clemson da- uh, down four points, two minutes to yeah. go in the national championship, where you're like, well, they're gonna score. Yep. So we'll just it's see a matter how, of how yeah, much it's a matter of left. how much time is left. No, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't be sure, but if I if Sam Ellinger made those Sam Ellinger makes those plays. And yeah, he, he just has moments he has a lot of moments where he's just like, ugh. But there's a lot of moments where he just makes plays. And yeah. so Alright, so last he one. He wasn't on, always like this, but I think this year he is. Like Correct. Correct. Last one on rapid reactions. BYU forty eight, Troy seven. The only reason I put this game on here, Tyler, was I just want to say thank you to BYU for providing the after dark this week. Yeah. Um, it was very nice to lay in my bed and just watch a fourth quarter that I knew the game was over. It was all fine. I just watched and relaxed, and it was wonderful. So shout out to BYU, out to who BYU. has a really good offense, I want to point out. They're good. They're, They're good. good. I, I feel bad that they didn't get to play their original schedule because yeah. their original schedule had some bangers on there. They, they, they could have made some noise. They could have made some noise. It could have made some noise, so unfortunately. Tyler, let's recap our five wide and two points for this week. Let's go through this quickly. We don't have much time left, but I think it's important to mention them and tally up these scores. Uh, Let's start with Kentucky and Auburn. It was noon kickoff on SEC Network. Kentucky ends up winning 29-13. to They pulled away late. Auburn won. Auburn won. I'm so sorry. Auburn won. I wrote Kentucky, and I apologize. I'm about to be way Um, happier than My fault. My fault. My fault. I just have so much faith in Mark Stoops this year. Um... Hey, they, like they Auburn. St- Auburn ends up winning twenty nine to thirteen. This was a close game up until the end, and then Auburn pulled away late in the fourth. Kentucky quarter. showed some real fight. Like I thought, these exactly. teams were relatively even. Like yes, despite the fact that Kentucky lost and Auburn's ranked so high, I thought that like performance wise, like these teams were pretty close to each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I could easily see another universe where Kentucky does pull this game out. A couple, if a couple of the things that happen go their yeah. way. And I, I wish we lived in that universe, but we do not. Yeah. So, alas, Auburn is 1-0. They're going to be heading into their game against Georgia next week. I will say, I'm just, you know, Chad Morris came over to help the Gus Mills on offense. Cause, and I, it does I, Bo seem Nicks, like it's making a difference. The passing game looks a little less clunky. Yep. It's, it's, it, here's the thing. Here's what I think is good about Gus Mills on, uh, sorry, Chad Morris is that Chad Morris and Gus Mills on have such a history from their high school f- football coaching days. Yes. It's like, it's possible that he was the perfect offensive assistant to come in and just make not be like, okay, there's the Gus Malzahn offense and then there's this offense, so we're gonna try running this, but we eventually know that Gus is gonna take the keys back. It's like Chad Morris is gonna come in and just be like, no, we'll run the Gus Malzahn offense. I'm just gonna <laughs> tweak a couple things, make it a little bit better. Yeah. Like because I feel like always the juggle is that Gus Malzahn is trying to run other offenses, then just takes the reins back. 
yeah. Chad Morris is the perfect person to just fix a little bit the, the passing game. So it looks better. They, they we will that see. Great we will see. Relationship. We will yeah, see. We'll see. So neither of us picked Kentucky. Nick picked Auburn. We picked Kentucky. So no points there. Darn. Next game we have Iowa State taking on TCU. That was a one thirty kick on FS1. These one thirty kicks, man, they throw me off because I'm in the rhythm of the yeah, new game. Yeah, no, it it doesn't make sense. And the but, next thing that I'm looking forward to is the SEC game on CBS, and so I don't know. I I caught a little bit of this game, but I was mostly focused on the Gator game and the Oklahoma game. I watched the highlights. Iowa State ended up winning thirty-seven to thirty-four. Tyler, hey, Iowa I, State was I, I the better team. Like Tyler, I think it's time. No, I no. I love you. No. You are a brother to me. You are my best friend. Uh-uh. Don't say it. I am going to leave you on the Brachiosaurus Rex. Oh, no. He you, had you're, some questionable I think I'm going to have to just leave the party a bit early. You just text Man. me when you get home. Make sure you're safe. Brock Please Purdy. don't drive. Take an Uber. So is Brock pretty my Kansas in this scenario? Like where you can't quit Kansas? No. Despite no, the fact because, that I'm telling you to? No, because I – because at any moment, Brock Purdy can prove me wrong. Okay. Kansas – I am – Kansas is I what am, it is. Kansas is what it is. Like, I am a hopeless romantic with Kansas. If you there is hope read, with Brock Purdy. If you were to read my week four review blog that is up on our Sideline which Judgment you, website you now, it is linked in our Sideline Judgment Twitter bio, so go ahead and just click on that. You would see that I put a section for Kansas. I put the score of the game and I said, I still love you, Kansas. And that was it. I just wanted to let them know I'm still here for them, all right? Gotcha. In all kinds of weather replies to Kansas. I'm sure that Les Miles will show that to the team, and they'll be a lot better about losing by like 41 so, points man. to Baylor. I um, hope so. So I'm sorry hey, hey. to leave you alone. Real analysis here. Iowa State was way better than TCU, but TCU was showed some fight. Like, True. Um, Brock Purdy has looked just... He doesn't look say, like himself. I'm going to say the R word. He's regressed. Like, um, Ooh, Tyler... And, that's a strong hey, hey. word to use. It, yeah, I think it's minimal, but it's. I think he's. It's very clearly able to like get back up. I think problem is I think the Louisiana game threw him off his swagger and like he so. got a little bit of it back this game. So then Tyler, mostly th- with a win. Silver lining. You might be getting him back next year. You might get another season of Matt Campbell's I'll, defense I'll and Brock Purdy offense. Take it off in Ames. I will not complain. All right, Brock, throw a couple games, but like I said, Iowa State, Iowa State's fine. Like the bottom's not falling out. They're just, they're just still. A, it's Iowa State. Yeah. It's 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 a testament to Matt Campbell that we've gotten to this point with Iowa State where we're like only a three point win over TCU. Come on, <laughs> Brock Purdy's not lighting up the world, guys. We might have to. Um, You're right. No, you are like, right. Like, it is a testament to four that, years that ago. These happened. people were going one and one and eleven. Um, yes. All right, let's move on. All right, moving on. We both picked Iowa State. We got the points there. Yeah, buddy. Uh, next up, Army took on Cincinnati. We both picked Cincinnati. Three thirty kick on ESPN. Cincinnati ends up winning twenty four to ten. So we both get those points. But I think Tyler, here's the spin. Okay. Army runs a triple option. Yeah. It is difficult to maximize your points. I was gonna say the same when thing. When the other team is controlling the ball. 60%, 70% of the time. And they're it's like a good in soccer, option team, too. And they're a good option team. It's like in soccer when players, when people say, oh, how could they have law? How could this team have won? They only had the possession 30% of the time. What they don't realize you- is that the strategy is that they were to counterattack. They want the other team to have the ball so that they can then counterattack quickly and score a goal. This is impressive by Cincinnati. Okay, yeah. It did not look pretty. It was not a game where they were usually fought. The offense was hitting on all cylinders, but they made the most Arm- of the opportunities they were given. Army's only touchdown came on Cincinnati bungling a speed option and Army picking up for a defensive score. Exactly. Like, so in reality, Army only really scored three offensive points. Mm-hmm. That's like, we're good. Word to Cincinnati's defense and good job on the offense to capitalize what they needed to. Absolutely. Great by them. Good job. We got all the right. points there. Let's talk about um, it. All right, so the primetime game is Florida State against Miami. 7.30 kick, ABC, Kirk Herbstreet, Reese, uh, uh, Kirk Herbstreet, Chris Reese Fowler. Yeah, 
Christmas. I was gonna say Reese Fowler by accident. <laughs> it was combining the two. Jeez. Um, no, no, no. And Fowler, ABC, Miami waxed Florida State, fifty-two Just to ten. Spanked them. This game left was not... no doubt. Like, so Tyler, I, I missed time to start time. I thought the game started at eight. Uh, I don't know why, but you know how it says seven thirty, but really kickoff was like seven forty-five. Mm-hmm. It was like fifteen minutes, whatever. So when I put the game on, there were only like four minutes gone in the first half, and Miami had already scored a touchdown. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, it's oh, it's work. like that, <laughs> dude." Okay, like Florida State is bad, bad. Like they're a bad football team. Bad. I've not seen Miami or Florida State or, or even Florida really this bad. Like. Like, I don't know if people caught on, but earlier in the episode, I said all three of the big three in Florida dropped 50. I was talking about Florida, Miami, and UCF. Yeah. I have removed FSU from Until, the big No, three. they got to prove themselves. Like, it's they been years. so bad. Like, it's not even fun anymore. I'm not, you know, I'm, not, I'm not trying to dig. I'm really not trying to dig. No, I'm no, being yeah, legitimate I'm analysis. I know we like to dig at Georgia and Florida State all the time. It's fun. This is what college football makes you great. I'm not trying to dig. I'm trying to provide real analysis. They looked terrible. Yeah. Terrible. And, and here's I, the thing. I mean, I, I kind of – I feel bad for Mike Gravel. Like, he can't I even be there. And I don't even think most of this is his fault. Like, it, I don't think any of it's his fault. Like, I think Florida State as a program is in such dismay, is in such a state disarray, of disra- disarray, disrepair, dis- whatever you want – I don't know who can fix this. If if I if, think time um, can fix this, but they just gotta give it like and. But but Tyler, will time fix it, or will time get them to be at the level of a mid-tier ACC team? And will they be perpetually haunted because FSU is FSU is um, is a program that expects championships, expects to compete for the ace for their conference, and will they regress back so much? Is the damage that has been made in the last four years so much that they can't recover? I'm not there yet. I'm not there okay. yet because it, it it's it's this whole thing of like you got to go a long period of time, years wise, before people start accepting what you are like. Mm-hmm. And like kids these days just know Boise State is what we all think of Boise State is the 2006 thing. I but think that's, I think but that's cuz it's kids, been years of a sustained success after Tyler, another and it, I genuinely it's going to take a kids, long time for Florida State to get rid of yeah. all the 20 plus years of good that they've done. Like Yeah. But I think our kids are going to look at Florida State if they keep this way. It's going to be sad. Like yeah. our kids are going to look at Florida State. We're going to have to tell our kids, "Oh yeah, I remember when Florida State. I remember being at the swamp in 2015 with the best college football defense that God put on this earth, and they held them scored to scored our only points that game. <laughs> yes, they held them to 27 <laughs> points, and they're like, "What do you mean? Are you talking about we beat them every year?" I was like, "Guys, I'm telling you, Florida State was good." And oh, then it's sad. They played Nick Saban, and then it literally has all gone downhill <laughs> from there. Downhill from <laughs> there, man. There, there, has, not, there has not been a good moment since that game. FSU, I wish you. I I hope FSU gets back for the to sake FSU. of the rivalry. I hope that for the it, sake of the rivalry, and for the sake of I said it last. I, I don't know if I said it last week, but I thought it last week, so I'll say it right now, so it's on the record. College football is more fun when Miami is good. Yeah, I agree. When Miami is good, when Miami is a ACC contender, when Miami is in the top ten, top fifteen, college football this is, is more fun. Yeah, I agree. It's, it is what it is. Okay, I can admit it. I agree. College football is more fun when the traditional big three, Florida, Miami, State, Florida State, Miami, yeah, yeah, those three, they are good. competitive and good. Yeah. It's sad that Florida State is at this point. Yeah, you know, as a I, as a Floridian, objectively sad. Object, yeah, this is bad Florida. for uh, this is bad. I mean, I'll speak selfishly as a fourth man. This is bad for us. <laughs> like, this is bad for the pod. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's gonna be like like I want a challenge at the end of the year. Like, yeah, oh I want beating gosh. FSU to mean something because it means something to me personally. But like, it does. And 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 I'm and I'm concerned for future generations of Florida alum that will see Florida State the way we see Tennessee now. 
it's possible. See, that's you know, that's what they're fighting. That's what they're really fighting is that Tennessee now is a far cry from what they were in the nineties. Yep. That that seems almost unrealistic to get attained. Like mm-hmm. it's not. It really like in the realm. It's really in the realm of possibility. But like, it just Tennessee has been what they are right now for so long. Yeah. And it's just it's starting to get hard to like like i remember my parents hate tennessee because in the 90s we were back and forth with them yeah and for me i was just like tennessee has beaten us one time since i you know have been watching football yeah and it that that time messed me up as a fan and that was and that hurt that hurt that we had the last laugh because we won the east that year but that's not important uh but i still i like we we talk about all the time in the offseason it's probably kind of really disrespectful to have a little consideration we give tennessee like yeah until they and beat by us. default florida state now yeah so speaking it's of tennessee For, well before i say this florida state do better do better please let's move forward both of us picked miami we both got the points speaking of tennessee speaking of ways to ruin sergio's alleged gambling bets um hey, tennessee ten- ended up beating south carolina 31 to 27 sergio allegedly got South Carolina plus three and a half. I lost, allegedly, this by half a point, Tyler. And you know what was mad about it? <laughs> you know you know what hurt? What? You know what stung? Special teams? The way this game... Yeah, the way it happened. The way it, it happened, Tyler. It's ugly. It was ugly. These two teams are the exact same. I, I wouldn't say that. Tennessee, say tennis, they are the same team, and Tennessee is just a four points better version of South Carolina, in my opinion. Tennessee is the same in their four. Wow. Tennessee and wow. South Carolina are the same type of team. They are just Tennessee is four points better than them. Is this like is this like last year when we lost to Georgia and uh, by a touchdown, and someone asked like how much further how much better is Georgia than Florida right now? And Dan Mullen said a touchdown. Yeah. And Georgia right. fans clowned us because I mean, they're like it wasn't. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I honestly like. I mean, Jerry Garantano is. Garantano is fine. Like it, 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 like he's just he does some mind-bogglingly stupid stuff. He's just but inconsistent. Then, he has so, the talent. He is inconsistent. Yeah. So, so it's this thing. Nine out of ten times. Oh, sorry, no, not that. Seven out of ten times, he acts like a normal quarterback where he he misses some throws regularly and he makes some throws regularly. And then those other three out of ten times, he just does something really weird. Yeah. And I mean, I I wouldn't say like. Tennessee's in, getting in a situation under under um, Jeremy Pruitt, and if they have to get it in the next year or two, or else this, this window is going to go, they're in a situation where if they can get a special player at the quarterback position, that can elevate their their baseline. You know, yeah. I'm not going to say that that's going to win them anything, but then they won't be like this. Won't be the peak of what they've been for the last couple of years. Right now, right. this is the peak. Starting one and zero. I think Carolina, they should. I think looking they should be. And the fact that we are giving them so much credit for beating a South Carolina team that we all know is not very good. No. I mean, the offense was improved. I do want to say that Colin Mike Hill, offense, you made fun of me for saying I believe in this Mike Bobo. I've got to eat some of my words because, I mean, I don't know how sustainable it is, but, like, it looked way better than I thought it would. A drastic improvement. Drastic this might be improvement. the best must-champ offense in the past decade. Yeah. Even that's since, not saying since, much. you know, his Florida days. So. That's not really saying a lot. but It's not, but... But it's something. a big deal in terms something, right? Yeah. So might keep um, might keep him employed, maybe. Might keep him employed. Maybe. <laughs> so But this is one of yeah. those here's the thing with Tennessee. This is one of those games. Credit to Tennessee. I mean, they dropped four spots in the ranking, rightfully so, because they struggled in this game. But Tennessee, this is a game that you had to have. Yeah. They had to have this game. Yeah. Because their schedule is not forgiving. And you know what? In the past, they, they lose this game. Yeah. So it's a step. It's a step in the right direction for Tennessee. We'll see. I still think so, they got a long way to go, and they're not going to reach. The, and they're not going to reach where they want to go with Jared Carantano at quarterback. They just got to hope that one of the guys that they're developing behind him can be that special player. I have my doubts. It's either that or go after a top grad transfer next year to maximize on that window because they have skill players. They have a good line. They have. They, they have skill players. They need that quarterback to be consistent and I mean, deliver. Yeah, so. Yeah. All right, so that was five wide. Your boy gets a point for that, though. Tyler picked Tennessee. I doubled down my alleged gambling hey. plus three and a half pick. Took South Carolina after. You were so close. Yeah, I was very close. So there's that. You get the point. I do not. Two point conversion. 
I had West Virginia over Oklahoma State. As you mentioned before, I took West Virginia because I thought that without Spencer Sanders, it would be tough, tougher. Um, but it was very interesting, and I also thought this West Virginia team was much improved. West Virginia did a good job of of uh, upholding Chuba Holding Hubbard. down. Like, yeah, it was. It was. I was very surprised. I, I thought. I, I mean, I, I figured that's what they would do because I don't. I didn't think they were going to respect the backup, and they yeah. were going to just pound the you know plug the box up and, and try to stop the run, which worked. But at the end of the day, this Oklahoma State defense is really good, man. You are completely right. This defense is carrying them. For a and Big I was wrong. team, this is this is huge. Like I'm not mad about it. I was wrong. Don't get any points, Tyler. You picked Pittsburgh over Louisville. They end up winning twenty three to twenty. You get two points, my friend. Congratulations. Two points. Yeah, hail Pitt. Um, uh, real it's, quick, it's just we're not doing tweets you share. We do moment of the week this week, but correct. Uh, uh, I do want to share a tweet that you did share because it's relative to Pitt. Pitt national defensive rankings total second against the rush, second against the pass, third pass efficiency, second third down efficiency, fourth interceptions, second tackles for loss, third turnovers game, third total sacks, first. Pitt has 17 sacks. The next most is 11. And all of this is without their best defensive line player, Jalen Twyman. Like, his defense good. is good. It's and Kenny Pickett. Good. God, Kenny Pickett. Um, God bless Kenny Pickett. I just... May the Lord bless and keep him. Because he's capable now. He yeah, made, I mean, he he's is. He's capable now. He's capable of being able to run this team. With this defense behind him, he is capable. If the 2015 Florida Gators, after Will Greer got suspended, had Kenny Pickett, Okay, calm down. I'm just saying. You gotta I'm calm down. Over Treon Harris. Okay, yeah, they'd be better. They'd be better. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. Come on. Uh, so shout out to you. Uh, I did put that tweet in my week four review blog post, so you can guys go check that out. Um, I had a whole section dedicated to Pitt. I love Pitt. Pitt I, I, I'm really I liking Pitt this year. I'm. I'm it's weird. It's I'm weird into it. Like I'm into it. <laughs> I might have to get some of that home field pit gear. Like I'm. Ooh. They were really wearing excited these, about yeah, that. like this. I was, I was in it. And Louisville, you gotta figure out that defense. <laughs> um, uh, gotta figure that thing out. Boy. Yikes! Um, so to recap, to recap, to date, Sergio, myself, I have nine. Tyler has twelve. He has taken the lead. He has once taken again, the lead. We were six to again. six last week. Tyler has Going doubled back his and score. forth. Back and forth. Sorry, next week I got you. We'll go back and forth. I got this. I got this, Tyler. All right. Um, hey, Tyler, uh, before we wrap up this, oh, surprisingly longer episode than I thought, uh, what's your moment of the week? Uh, moment of the week, hey, we're going to go back to um, a particular um, one of my favorite players that is, you know, having a little bit of a rough year, Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about a moment in the, the Iowa State TCU game <laughs> where Brock Purdy is getting sacked. And you know he he's he's getting spun around, and you know the if he tries to throw the ball away, uh-huh. and it's a perfect spiral to a TCU defender. It's about 10, 15 yards away, who is literally doing nothing. Like, like talk about form. Like this man, like he could he could throw on the run. He could throw while he's getting sacked. Will it go to the player you want? Probably not, but it's happening. Like. <laughs> And that was that's one of that is yeah that's one of TCU's touchdowns. This is why I was like TCU is not the better team, <laughs> no. Because despite the fact that they only lost by three, that is not <laughs> take one of those touchdowns away. Like <laughs> you know that's not sustainable touchdown touchdowns model. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I but agree. that was just that was that was some college football hilarity that I appreciated uh, yeah. this week. I I also have college football hilarity for my moment of the week. I Give do. I do. Uh, in the pit game, is it Matt Corral's hair? Is it Matt Corral's hair? No, we need to talk about Matt Corral and those box braids. Like Matt Corral, you can't be wearing that, man. Like th- it's not a look for you, bro. It's not so much that you're not allowed or anything. It's just like Matt. I, no one's. I don't know. It's coming to tell you, but like they don't look good. Like, you need. You need better friends. You need better <laughs> friends to say, "Hey, my guy, that's not it." You need friends to clown you, like. Those are great friends. People say, oh my gosh, no, you let, you let your friends bully you? No, I don't let my friends bully me. I let my friends they keep guide me in check. <laughs> yeah. They guide me. They, they, they keep me in line. They, they let me know when something's wild. Matt Corral, get better friends because that was wild. <laughs> I don't know who let you walk out to your first game of the yeah. season. Like that. Uh, you got SoCal Matt Corral with the box braids and you got John Rice, frat boy pianist John Rice probably <laughs> and like just two wildly different quarterbacks. and Just geez. alpha and omega. But uh, no, I, it is I'm not I'm so bad. excited to watch 
I'm so excited to watch the Egg Bowl this year. <laughs> Can we just get to that? <laughs> Can we fast forward to that? Um, um, what was your okay, so sorry, I, sorry, sorry. So mine is in the pit game. I love the defensive turnover celebrations that have evolved from Miami's turnover chain. Yeah. And mine was pit. They got an interception. Defensive coordinator or an assistant or somebody held up a basketball rim. And the, t- the, the pit player literally cleared everyone out. ISO'd. Like he was playing. Everyone cleared out. They followed him behind him. And he had a pretty vicious one-handed slam. It was pretty nice. nice. It was looking good. I, I enjoyed it. It, it made yeah. me happy to see I it. have I have loved the evolution of the turnover uh, gimmick. Like celebrations and gimmicks. Yeah, like it, it's evolved so much past the turnover. Did change. you see the like, did you see the old miss one? The bags. It's a bag of money. It's a bag of money. Lane Kiffin is not chill whatsoever. Lane Kiffin, like, you need to relax, dude. I'm surprised he didn't kick a field goal at the end instead of going for the touchdown just to get the cover, just to just to please the boosters. Like, no, no, he's got to go all out, baby. He's got to go all out. Oh, my God. But that was geez. that was great. That was great. Um, God. A great week in college football, Tyler. We missed I needed it. this week. We needed it. We needed I know that week. we have been playing it for a few weeks now, but this felt like the first true stacked week with mm. the reintegration of the SEC. With that Big Twelve going to uh, conference games, the real, the, some, more, the meat of their schedule. Yeah, with ACC some bigger starting to heat up. ACC, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. So excited, excited, excited. So, all right, Tyler. Anything else that you want to mention before we sign off for this review episode? No, I just awesome. It's so excited the SEC's back, and we've yeah. got a lot of very interesting games to preview next week. Yes, I'm yes. Very excited for like. Yes, we got a lot of interesting games this Saturday. So go ahead and listen into our preview episode which will drop later on this week um it'll be a fun one tyler it'll be a fun one uh this has been another episode of sideline judgment my name is sergio my name is tyler and we are not biased but kyle trask for the heisman go number three gators